You ever notice how all ghosts are just moody teenagers? Yeah, why is that? Why why do ghosts always why is it important for the spirit spirits to troll us or to cause damage? Well just beyond that, but like they're them coming into a ghost. Like it's always like they're all sad because they don't have they have unfinished business or like they're they were brutally murdered. It's like okay, yeah, it's, just you know, this happens. I'm sorry. That's metaphysical pu- puberty. Yeah, God, that's terrible. <laughs> again, I gotta go through this puberty thing. Yeah, again? you gotta go through that bullshit. But now you're in order to become immortal, or maybe you stay that way forever. That's even worse. It sounds like that sounds like a punishment. Well, if you had the intelligence that you do now, right? Like you didn't get trapped in the sense of like. Like you're like a looping ghost, but like you can actually so like, like my consciousness. Yeah. Okay. If your consciousness was trapped on the mortal plane, then you become immortal in a sense, right? You're like you 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 maybe you can't interact with with this world, and if you can, it's very minute. But there's got to be other ghosts like you at that point too. So you have a new world, and now you can still see your the ones you care about, and then interact with these other ghosts. I think that would cause incredible insanity and as far as interacting goes i would i would argue that you are interacting i mean if you can see and hear and think then you are interacting well, in, I'd, in I'd some way manipulate so yeah like physically push chairs around and yeah turn frames off of walls gotta, stuff like that gotta use, Crack your, mirrors. gotta use your sith emotions you know harness your anger yeah, and do you just become and, and a jedi ghost when you, i mean <laughs> No, a Sith know. ghost. A Sith ghost. <laughs> yeah, we're using these negative emotions, none of that peace. Yeah, what is the what is the deal with it? I don't know Star Wars lore intimately. So the Sith, like a reward for being a good guy is you become an immortal ghost that can show up whenever they want to give Mark Twain advice to some <laughs> No, that's the, that's the Jedi, Jedi. right? They, they're the ones that come back. And there's no only the reason. Jedi get there. The, yeah. the good guys. That's what I'm talking about. Good oh, okay. guys. They get the reward, the, Sith. the Jedi. No, the Sith aren't good guys. They're... Mm-hmm. They're the bad guys. Well, they're portrayed as bad guys, but what makes you a bad guy? Really? You don't because think you're just inherently immoral? Because, I mean, really, the Emperor Palpatine, the, the main bad guy, right? Yeah. He he created a more stable government, and See, everyone did have better lives I do agree that with time. that. I, I laugh about that because even when I watched as a kid the original Star Wars movies, I thought about all the the unrest and chaos that the rebels are causing and they have no end game there's no plan in place here they just want to fight the man yeah. and that that like yeah who doesn't cheer for the underdog but what's even funnier to me is that in the newer movies they talk they they make reference to the fact that the universe is in chaos now that the empire is gone and it's like all these worlds where they protected civil rights now mm-hmm. they're back to like their ancient you know like tribalism tribalism and yeah. and in crazy ways and it's like so who's the real bad guy in the story i would say the rebels are the bad guys yeah that's the price of freedom right it's chaos what freedom that's but that's another like what what do you mean what does it mean to be free just to be entropic to just to just wield chaos is that what it means to be free and even then unless you're at the top of the uh freedom swinging pole you you aren't free right you're you have to submit to whatever is stronger than you no matter what so true i don't agree with that (laughs) i think the rebels are the bad the real bad guys i don't think the jedi keep balance i think I think the Jedi fight passion. They fight individuality. And they would rather all be like a singularity. Like basically they're pretty fascist, I think. <laughs> I yeah. think they're very they're very they're they're more closed minded. They just want they don't want to be bothered themselves by the differences in other people, right? Because the Sith are that way. The Sith have a hierarchy of order, but they are otherwise each Sith character seems to be individual, right? They have their own levels of hatred and angst. Right. And you only yeah. ever see that side of them, right? Right. And you see their motivations. You never see the Sith them. raising their yeah. children or whatever, if you want to call them the Sith. I don't know. Yeah, the the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I find that I think that's funny. But Yeah. Would you uh would you ever hold a seance or like be a part of one if I have actually. I've, I've back in the day. I did. I was into um, experimenting and exploring like paranormal beliefs and you know just activity in general. And I don't mean the movie. I mean like 
you know, in the real world. Right. And I was part of a seance and I've been part of like, um, Ouija boards, you know, using Ouija boards and talking with someone who claimed to be a medium, a spirit medium. And, um, I always aim to be an open-minded person. Mm -hmm. I require logic to, or evidence, let's say in order for logic to work, it needs evidence. And that's always what my standpoint is, is to defend logic. And I never felt any of it was real or, 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 or at least believable in any way. Um, and even, even when I think about my own experiences that I had, they were unexplainable. They eventually became explainable or understandable when I just applied some logic. Yeah. What, what kind of experiences did you have that made you kind of think, oh, maybe this is a ghost or like something paranormal? Well, I've had, I mean, one experience that stands out is, um, I'll make it a quick story. I was back then I was reading books on witchcraft and, uh, the paranormal out of interest. I wanted to know what these people thought, you know, what was this all about? I I was young. I think I was 16, 17 and I was in a room that was otherwise quiet, but someone was vacuuming in an adjacent room. Uh, and suddenly while I was reading out of nowhere, I heard a man's voice in my ear as if someone literally went up to my ear and said something to me. I can't remember the word, but I remember it. They sounded Bulgarian. They sounded Slavic. And I, I froze in fear for a few moments and I wanted to move and I couldn't. And that was, that was making me like really angry that I couldn't just like up and run around. Mm-hmm. Now later I found out I had, I had sleep paralysis. Uh, and it's gone away. It seems to have gone away. I haven't had it for years. But when I was young, I definitely had these waking dreams or I would hear or see. I would see sh- like the whole shadow people thing. I would see them. Wow. I would have uh, I'd wake from from sleep to shadow people. And again, that paralysis would happen and it would go from fear to like just sheer anger. Like I want to fight for my <laughs> life kind of thing. Like, fuck you. I'm, you're coming with me kind of. Yeah, you know, attitude. sounds awesome. Sounds fun, though. It was fun. I mean, <laughs> looking back, it's an exciting thing to have experienced. Um but I, I want to say only briefly in, 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 you know, those first experiences as a teenager that I think maybe there's something to the metaphysical because I couldn't explain what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. But with time and, and life and, and study and knowledge, I realized yeah, yeah. it's just my brain and the brain's a powerful manipulator. Yeah, I've had, I don't know. I haven't really had much of an experience with it. What would you, what's the most like? The craziest thing that yeah, ever happened craziest. to me was when my father passed, we didn't go back to the house for like a month or so. We stayed with all the relatives and just kind of was trying to cope and stuff like that. Right. But when we got back, there was the house keys on the front on the front steps. And we have not seen these house keys. I had never seen them as a child even. So I did. I don't remember them ever being in existence. But my mom was like, these are the house keys. And she like picks them up and she tries it and it works. I'm like, where did they come from? <laughs> so that, that's like the closest thing is like that was maybe my dad's that's last gift was the, was the house keys that we had lost since I was like a baby or whatever. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause you like, especially in grief, your mind, I mean, your mind does this anyway. And it, it, it works against you, right? Because it applies, it applies reality where there is none. It, you know, when my grandfather died, you know, we'd be right at, right after he died. We were talking about him in the living room, and then a portrait that had been hanging on the wall for decades fell, just seemingly for yeah. no reason, just fell straight to the ground. And when you looked at it, when I put the nail up back into the hole, it was just loose. It wasn't like something shoved it out. So okay, coincidence. Another thing was a light that was on by the garage door. He was the last one to change the bulb, and he used to marvel at how the bulb hadn't been changed in decades. And then after he died, the bulb burnt out. Wow. But was the significance in that? And and why the time lapse? Why didn't it happen exactly at the moment of his death? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have been stranger? Why three days later or two weeks later? Why apply any agency to that? Well, three, three is a powerful do. number. <laughs> well, I think any number is powerful if you want to apply. Yeah, if you, if you want, want to, to make it, it powerful. Yeah, exactly. But were you ever, did you ever believe in ghosts? Or do you? No, I, I, don't, I don't think I ever have, but... My, I, I would want to say my father must have believed in the sense that you could summon spirits. Like that's something that you could do. 
Oh, he believed that you. I could think you could like like a Ouija board, right? Because mm-hmm. he's always he always was very adamant, and he always told me as a kid, never like, never <laughs> mess with the Ouija board, never right. mess you with any of that getting. seance stuff. Don't ever do it because you don't know what you're gonna pull through. Right, like, right. You could pull a demon or some other kind of like you know evil entity of some sort. Like and never trust anything. Those kinds of people. Do you say. believe in that? Like meta, the metaphysical in any sense, the paranormal. Is there more to reality than what can be tested? I don't think so, but I'm also not Where's against the evidence, right? Yeah, if if it comes to my face, I'm not going to say, "Oh, you don't exist." Evidently, it exists if it's like you know, if I'm interacting with it. I think, yeah, I think there's. So I'm open to the possibility, right? And I f- I agree. And I think the problem though is maybe in the definition, there needs to be a bridge. Where I mean, because for me, if something is metaphysical, which is to say, it is not physical or more than physical. If, if, if it does leave evidence of its existence, then it's no longer metaphysical because we can only test what is physical, right? If the temperature in the room changes and someone says, oh, there's a spirit here, a ghost did that, right? Because it drops 20 degrees or mm-hmm. something. Then that ghost is no longer metaphysical because it just changed the temperature, right? That's a physical change. Right, but it so can that like... So that not, doesn't necessarily mean it's evidence for metaphysical. How does That doesn't make sense to me. Because it transfers from incorporeal to corporeal. Yeah, but that's just so imagined. Where's the evidence for that? That's the catch-22. The temperature went back to normal. But again, that's a physical change. Yeah. You can only measure. Like if we have instruments, even our senses can only measure physical changes in the world. So if a spirit does exist, it has to in some way become physical in order to do something here, Right. Yeah. Which means it's no longer metaphysical. Which means now it's part of science in some way. Mm-hmm. Part so of it our should science, be leaving yeah, evidence sure. and should be, it should be testable, right? But that's not what happens. All that happens is the temperature in the room changes. There's no further evidence that, that was done. Well, yeah, what caused it? Exactly. Yeah. So that that's, I mean, if you that's do find what caused it, it's rarely ever explained to be a ghost. Well, people <laughs> try to, but again, they just use their imagination. Yeah, I think that's a big jump too. Don't you think that? It's a big jump to just say that not only did this hap- this weird occurrence just take place, this paranormal event, but on top of that, it was caused by a spirit. I mean, you're saying so much more when you with that statement. You're saying not only you're saying first of all, there's an afterlife. Bam, that's a big, that's just a huge <laughs> claim, and that that afterlife encompasses at least as much, if not more, than what is real. Yeah. That's a lot. Considering we don't know the limits of what is real. Yeah, it's time to pull Occam's razor and decide what is most likely at that right. point, right? I, I, that's, I, that's probably my default stance. Yeah. You know, it's weird. As much as I don't believe in ghosts, it's it's always one of the most monster-type things that has always like put me nervous. Like, if I watch like a Supernatural episode or something like that, right. it's always the ghost episodes that get me like like creeped out or something. I agree. But um, I don't know why, because what's so scary about a ghost? Well, danger, an unknowable and unseeable threat is way scarier. But also, you can't, it's it's incorporeal, and you can't affect it, but yeah, it can so affect you. You can't see it. So it's it. like, how can... You don't know its so I think that's why it's scary, is because yeah. I can't do anything there's no, to there's it. There's no response you, know? you can make. At yeah. least when they're fighting a demon, they're physically fighting the demon, you know, and you can, you could, if you're strong enough, beat it up, you know, in a sense. If you had the so. choice, so if you could be a ghost, like if being a ghost was a choice when you died, would you take it? Over going to like a heaven of time? I don't know. Whatever the other option is you can make up. Well, I would assume the heaven's probably nicer. Than <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Hopefully I've been good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if I know I'm going to go to heaven or whatever type paradise that i'd rather go there than be stuck on earth and hopefully the my the ones that i care about will follow me to there hmm. so you'd only take you'd only take purgatory as a ghost if the other option was like hell yeah i don't want to go somewhere worse why would I? how do you know it would be worse how do you know that being a ghost wouldn't be worse than going to hell you've never been to hell you've been to earth now i've read about it sir <laughs> oh well i don't know i think even heaven could be bad yeah because like how does that work like, not one place is everyone's paradise. Everyone has their own view of paradise. So that's a really, really strange way to, to oh, a strange promise, you know. Well, as a kid, I always thought it was, what, what really stood out to me is the fact that, because I grew up in an Eastern Orthodox household, so the afterlife, uh, part of the promise of the afterlife was that you could meet, and I guess this is a Christian belief overall, that you can meet uh, your 
you know, dead loved ones, like mm-hmm. relatives, like, you know, go see grandpa or go see your you know, wife or whatever an yeah. that died. Uh, and that always seemed really strange to me because I had already had an understanding of the the complexity to relationships between humans, right? And, and even just friendship, for example, right? Let alone siblings or people you fell in love with or whatever. And it was strange to me to think that, for example, a man who loses his wife will see his wife again in heaven. Okay, but he's maybe 50 years older. He may have fell in love again. Yeah. What if he falls in love again and has a second wife who dies? And he, is he going to see both of them? Are they going to be okay with that? Yeah, and they're sisters. It, does, in other words, does jealousy exist in heaven? You know, you're all just polygamists at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, but what if that's kinda... not heaven to you, right? Some people don't yeah. find that fun. No, that sounds awful, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's so, a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you can take any position you want that's negative to make the point, right? Yeah. So that always stood out to me is why would I want to be... In other words, I'm sort of sworn to the decisions I make on earth. Don't just follow me into hell if I'm bad. They follow me into heaven if I'm good. And I I think either outcome would be dreadful. Yeah. This the continuing suffering of the mind. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, and that's another thing too, doesn't it? It, it? It makes... It makes mourning cheap. If like the, the why why grieve then someone who's dead if you if you if you believe you're just gonna see them again. I mean, but that's like the comforting aspect of it, right? It of, wasn't comforting to me. I guess is what I'm saying. Like that didn't comfort me. That like, made it made it up. It made it up like obscure and weird to me. Really? Well, yeah, because like I said, if you know, I might have another fifty years of life to live, and you know, if I lost my girlfriend in high school, let's say she mm-hmm. she died from an accident. Uh, why would she be waiting for me? What if she fell in love in heaven? Could <laughs> yeah, that the, be possible? You, yeah. You know, why do I own that spirit? Because I had a relationship well, with it. It doesn't make sense maybe to me. We, we evolve beyond our our emotional ties when we go to our our afterlife, right? So you're not you're not still thinking of yourself as a person anymore. You are now... So I lose, I lose who I am. Yeah. In a way, you lose. Sounds like hell too. (laughs) You evolve into something else. Maybe you don't lose who you are. It's like when you change from now, from when you were a kid to now, you, you've changed. Right. So maybe it's like that kind of evolutionary step of, of your, just your life. Well, that makes me think of your soul. That makes me think of the idea of the soul as it was presented to me. Because that was another thing that always confused me is that I have a spirit that's quote unquote the real me but I can't communicate with it I don't know what it's thinking right yeah because it's not you know like you said if the idea is that I will I will strip myself of earthly memories when I die then they are in some way irrelevant which cheapens my experience here I guess and makes me question even more why I'm doing it it's like why am I alive then and then that, that that confuses the topic more it doesn't explain it better I think especially since my spirit is part of something greater or at least more important than whatever my whoever I am while I'm alive because that just gets shed it just gets tossed you know that that cheapens the experience of life and that upset me actually when I had that thought <laughs> because I think life isn't a cheap forgettable experience especially not to the living I think it matters a lot yeah. when you're alive yeah you, it doesn't matter if this is a simulation or whatever your your decisions and your your actions matter because they're going to affect what. Yeah, that part to you. doesn't matter to me. Is this what yeah. is the origin of life? Yeah, or consciousness? That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what I'm doing while I'm conscious. <laughs> what you're going through. Yeah, what I'm going through. Yeah, it's a very uh, I like life egocentric way to look at it. But that's I think that's okay. Well, I mean, how else can I look at it? That it, that doesn't involve the ego. If the ego isn't there, then I'm not there either. Yeah, might as well be dead. Or you just become <laughs> you become one. With the with the energy with the the universe, did you ever believe in astrology? No, my dad told me it was bullcrap when I was little, so I never got a chance. <laughs> you, know, you, you trusted a man's word and said, "All right, <laughs> pretty much." I mean, when you're a kid, that's yeah, what happens. Sure. And then and then you grow up; it's it's a little harder to fall into those kinds of traps, or at least as I see it. I think astronomy has astrology. Astrology, sorry, yes, astrology has points where they have insights into human nature, right? So mm-hmm. you can use it to kind of see 
how people do act because they're not they may not act according to their sign but these are personality traits and these are personality types sure. that you can learn from i think that's important i think that is important too i mean that's and that's what the mind is really i think anyone's mind i would hope is doing that is learning as much as it can to anticipate what someone's next actions will be especially if it's a stranger you right. I mean? Well, I mean, that, yeah, that's the most beneficial for yourself is to yeah. be able to predict someone else's movements so that you can their thoughts work in tandem with them mm-hmm. or against them if you need to. Yeah, I think having knowing your sign definitely. Has, I, I don't believe in astrology either, but I find it a lot of fun. Uh, and I have to say, I think it does affect me um, when I meet someone like like for some reason, a woman's choice of music. And her astrological sign matters to me. I I can better explain the one. Like music I can maybe explain. Yeah. Right? Because having two different a taste in music is kind of like a... It's a very intimate... On an, on an intimate level, it's, it's, an un, it's a disappointing way to not connect. Right? So do you have a very narrow uh, taste in music? Or do you have a broad... Would you no, say you I don't. I, I think I have a very broad taste in music. Um because I like to like even you know my favorite playlist or whatever has thousands of songs and they're from every genre and some of them are from different parts of the world they're languages I don't even understand and I just like them I just like the way it sounds I like what it makes me think of uh, when I listen to it sometimes music it for me is just applied to a moment a memory and other times it's just feelings and other times it's just white noise you know it doesn't yeah. have to be deep um, but yeah but I think so what does it matter to what the girl likes if you like pretty much everything? Because for me, what is it? What does it tell you about? Because the, there, I'm like I do discriminate my taste, right? Like we all do. So there's types of there's certain songs and certain types of music that I do favor over others. I got you then. And there's more sense. that I connect with um, that affect my my psyche and how I and and even how I socialize with others, right? So. If if I know if I meet someone who likes music I don't like or can't stand, mm-hmm. right, then my disposition to them is already negative, and I as a person don't like that. Like inside my thoughts, I'm upset that I am that way because I feel like I'm giving an unfair, I'm making an unfair judgment of someone I don't know, and it is. It could it could eventually mean to be accurate in some way, like that person I don't get along with anyway, yeah. and it usually is. So that's why for me, spirit, I guess. My metaphysical beliefs would be with like music and astrology and astrology because it, so, it has some kind of spiritual effect on me. With the astrology aspect, then, do you use it as a prime, like to kind of mentally prepare for that other person? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't have any. It doesn't set any like uh, presumptions, preconceived notions. Yeah. Right. Exactly. However, I do notice that. For example, I'm a Taurus, so I'm, I can't even remember now. I think what Cancers or Capricorns match well with Taurus. I'd have to look it up. Maybe some of us. I'm the last one. Whatever that is, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think but, it's the Capricorn, or I don't even know. It's the goat one, the one with the the mermaid tail goat. Maybe that is Capricorn. I don't remember There's everything about it. Like I said, it's just for fun with me. But I, whatever sign matches up well with Taurus, when I meet a woman that also that has that sign, the matching sign. It does excite me a little bit. I feel like I have a like a an advantage at the poker game I'm about to play. If that makes sense, do you feel like you have something? Like the odds are in my favor, even okay. though they're not. <laughs> so you don't like, feel like you have, have something no to knowing. talk about from from the knowing that you no, don't have something no, to. No, it's not about it's not about ice breaking or even conversing. Um, it's just it's it just, just puts a positive, you at ease. It, it puts it makes me positive. It makes me feel more positive, more confident. You ever try to move things with your mind? Oh yeah, telekinesis. Oh yeah, I when I was nine or ten, I decided that. So I used to think that I used to have thoughts like, well, you know, there's a lot of beliefs that people have, everyday beliefs, and and they presumably are backed by scientific study. But how often do people test things just to make sure what they believe to be true is true, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm still that way, but. I decided that was necessary to test telekinesis. Maybe telekinesis is possible, but no one just spent enough time trying to do it. <laughs> they just they tried once and said, "Eh, it's not real." Yeah, right. I felt the same way as a kid. I tried very hard to get a cup to come float to me, but it never even. I spent I spent three hours staring at a Three Stooges poster that used to hang in my room as a kid, 
because I love the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. And I was that whole time I decided not. I didn't. I didn't want to do something I thought was impossible, like <laughs> animate the, the the poster, right? Make them come to life. Oh, okay. Yeah. So instead, because I figured, I I already even at that young age, I realized if that did happen, it would just be me like hallucinating. So instead, something that'd be easier to know is real is like getting the tack to pop out of the wall to make a corner of the poster drop. Okay. And that was a simple thought, something I could focus on and not lose focus of. And really, when I look back now, I was really just training. Those are my first baby steps to meditating before I had learned how to meditate. You know, I I did do something similar to that. I failed, by the way. It didn't work. (laughs) In class, I would try and stop or slow down the second hand to mm-hmm. see if I and then just to troll everyone just, else well no just to like try you know working on my telekinesis pretty right. much but but all I did was <laughs> slow my own heart down <laughs> and I yeah. could feel that like my my head start to get that that thump sound and that thump feeling from my heart so that's I was a, like yeah yeah it was so that's I'd, a step into into mindfulness I yeah mean, it's meditation being right a witness there. to your body's functions basically yeah but i wasn't focusing on my body i was trying to <laughs> I was trying to stop the clock true but you did you did for a little bit because you noticed the changes in myself in yeah your, in your in your physiology yeah. if you want to say that way but yeah and then i also so. i learned i did after that learn how to slow down my heart rate and then just like make it and then to speed it up and now i can do that at like will and i've tested it with my uh my heart monitor on my fitbit and it's and i've like sped it up by a few beats and then slowed it down and then let's sped it up again it's, yeah, it's the fun little things to do. I wish board. I had a more. I should practice that that direct because I I do that, but most of the time, in order for that to work for me, I have to think about something that excites me. So I usually think of like, you know, a woman in a bikini. I know <laughs> that's like literally when I have to like amp up my blood on the spot. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Is so like before I'll, you get in a fight, you just think of naked girls. Just like. in a weird way, yes, that has happened actually, even in a bar fight where like I just <laughs> I instantly think of like a woman I want out of my fantasy, and yeah. it just. I get excited and then I, I take, I rally that excitement and turn it into rage, like add it to the rage pot. So it's like uh, the Mulan song, yeah, a girl, weird, but. a girl with fighting for. Like, yeah. I mean, that's very much, <laughs> I mean, look, I grew up with white knight mentality, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The, the chivalry and the damsel in distress, like that's just a part of my character. Yeah. Can, I grew up in some other way, protect, yeah. help protect the, the female, but you know, yeah, I mean, but they're strong. They be strong. Be strong, man. Not just a man, but be strong person. Yeah. Um, I think that gets lost in translation sometimes. But just be a strong person that protects the weak or those that need help. And usually the story gets translated into the damsel in distress or protect women. And it sounds chauvinistic, but if I, you know, if I can plant a flag there, it's not. It's not about dominance. It's about. Right sacrifice yeah. it's about being the shield to the bullet whatever the bullet is well and it makes you feel good to be able to help someone that's what you're doing you're you're making someone else it does i you know um you're being useful that's what that's i what think of it that getting, way at least that's where i get enjoyment from it is like i agree with that i you know it's it's not a sad thought to me because someone asked me once you know what do you think is your best but saddest like trait Right, like uh, your your the dichotomy in you or whatever your mm-hmm. strongest dichotomy, and for me, it's I, you know, I take a bullet for a stranger, but I would care nothing for myself. But that that goes hand in hand, and it's not like a depressive thought. I don't go around feeling sorry for myself or anything, but I get that from my grandmother. I would just for some reason it's not again. I don't beat my chest over this. It's just for some reason I'm I'm wired that way. Like I'll I'll help someone in in, in an emergency. And I don't need to know anything about them. I might be helping someone not worth helping. I don't know. Maybe I've done that. I wouldn't know because <laughs> yeah. anytime something happened, I just jumped in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's always a good thing, but what if for whatever reason, that's the way I am. Well, better to to act and then and make the wrong decision. I would say. Well, what about you? What do you what do you think is a, a strength and a weakness for you? Something that's both good and maybe bad. Uh, I don't know. Thinking like just like overthinking my like what what the right answer is to something the right choice to do oh getting lost and, in thought not yeah making and decision. just getting down into that spiral of mm-hmm. thinking and like oh what, what about that then what about this and never making a a, a real decision or a the real thinking action man suffers yeah that's how i feel sometimes is that it's good to be wise but never too wise as exactly. always said yeah i agree with that i can understand that very well but 
Have you said you spoke to a medium before? You tried so I spoke stuff? to a woman that she was a friend, a friend of a friend of a friend. And we, just to give some backstory, I'd been out with friends all night and the bars are closing and nobody wants to leave each other yet. So we go to this woman's apartment because she was a friend of my friend's friend, right? And she was, I, she'd already, you know, she was the kind of person who was already touting that about herself. Like, obviously, it was her favorite thing about who she was. And her apartment oh. was very much like out of an 80s, like, you know, paranormal movie or something. So crystals everywhere. Just crystals, crystals, candles, things that dangled and jingled, just everywhere. Her walls were draped in color. It was very, I guess, hippie, you know, kind of commune like. It almost sounds like she's trying too hard. It sounds like yeah, beyond, I'm, I'm sure she was genuine in her beliefs, but it's like, I don't know, you're just falling too far into it. Uh, that's my problem with obsession is that it just becomes too much and then you just kind of get lost in, in that. And it's like there's more to the world than just that this one thing. And why, why True, define yourself by one aspect? I agree with that. But at, on the other hand, to play devil's advocate, I don't think you can be truly excellent at something if you aren't obsessed with it no i i think that's very apt and correct but mm-hmm. I, I i think it's so very, there you go zach you're, it's you're very difficult for me. i know <laughs> <laughs> help so, him throw a rope let's see what that's what makes a podcast right that's what makes us be able that's to what talk makes conversation yeah. yeah so as long as i can come up with another question we'll have more content yeah but we we sat we sat at a table i remember I didn't share the thought, but I was upset that the table was square instead of round. I don't know why that bothered uh, yeah, me. I'm like, this should, isn't proper. Yes. <laughs> what do I know? I watched too many movies, I guess. The crystal ball should be circular. There was no crystal the, ball. There was just a candle. Um, maybe, okay, maybe she wasn't trying too hard then. <laughs> well, the weirdest part about it was that she she was clearly like trying to vibrate the hands of people near her. Like I, I felt like a conscious, willful movement, not like she'd been, you know, possessed and something mm. was moving her. And I, I must have, I know I had a look on my face because I have a look on my face now just thinking about it. I'm sure I did in the moment. <laughs> and I remember feeling the vibrations of the people holding my hands and the person on my right uh, was someone I didn't know, but they were clearly like, I feel like they were being, they were vibrating politely, if that's a way to put it. Like I could tell them They're trying to translate the vibration that someone had given to them. And they were just giving a weak version of it to me to like play along. Mm-hmm. But then the person on my left was very much trying to manipulate <laughs> they were doing manipulative vibration with me because they were like really acting it up, trying to make it, you know, as if to convince me without words that this was really happening to them too. Mm. And that was the thought that was going through my head. And of course, the conclusion, the summary of all that was what a load of bullshit. Like, I just like that's the thought I had in my mind. So, of course, that pulled me out of the moment. And, you know, for a while I thought, well, you know, I, I ruined it. But then I'm like, what did I ruin? I ruined a, a fun, drunk lie. I mean, that's what we were. was a bunch of drunk people around a table and a candle. So, Do you think it's useful, like, those people who claim they can speak to the dead, even if they can't? No, I think it's I think it's damaging. I, really? Especially, oh, yeah. Well, especially when it gets to, like a, like, a celebrity level. Like, people that do this for a living, they make, you know, they're millionaires from basically lying it's lying when you claim something you can't prove it's true you are lying and they do it to people that are grieving you know i've I've watched videos documentaries and shows and just just the shows themselves and you can just see the pain behind the eyes of these people that it just can't let go of their loved one for whatever tragedy took place and instead of being instead of being helped on move for moving on they're dragged backwards and their okay their money their their wallets are drained and they're they're exasperated with their own grief and stress. And then here comes this charlatan that takes advantage of them. So you don't think they, they could be used as a form of therapy? You think it's more no, I don't think it's good? No, I don't think it's therapeutic at all because what does it do? It teaches you to further ruminate. And ruminating is yeah. an absolutely negative as- emotion. You know, I, nothing I, I was thinking that. the opposite, that they could be used as a force for well, good. Why do you think that would give me an example and try to convince me? Well, that they would help you move on in a sense. It's like, yes, this person is happy. And if you it. get to, to say goodbye to your loved one in a sense, you know, if they're doing it in a, in a positive way, maybe. Instead of unfortunately, that's not what takes ruminate. place, though. At least when you watch these people who make money doing it, they just say things like, he, they're here. They're saying hello. They're saying they love you. So when you say those things, that makes you miss that person. So you want to come and visit them again. And that's what they want you to do is come back so they can 
get you to pay again yeah. hundreds of dollars. I, I can I can see that because you know I've had dreams of like you know loved ones passed and and they you know it hurts when you wake up. It's like oh I wish this was the re- the reality I lived in, but I don't. And yeah, and you it just hurts think because about they it don't say then, goodbye. Yeah, that's and it. that's the key. I think. I think yeah. If you if you teach someone how to say goodbye to the memory of something that yeah. is bothering them, then you are helping them. Sure. Yeah. So I think you would be a good. I'd be charlatan. A good, yeah, I'd be a good. <laughs> you would be a positively motivated bullshit an evil artist. Force for good. <laughs> <laughs> I bullshit for God, for good. You know, and for the spirit. Saying that though, I actually did speak to someone who claimed yeah. they could talk to. I don't know what power that was in heaven, but this uh this guy he came to my my hometown in polo and uh it was at a church and he was like i guess the church invited him or he invited himself to the church i don't know but like the whole town went to this guy and he was giving prophecies out to individual people like telling you what your life is going to be like and what what to expect and wow all these other things like that and the balls on him i know but what he told me was all basic stuff. So I, I am obviously a rocker, right? Like I yeah. look like a guy who listens to rock music, wants to play an Thou instrument. Thou art a fan and, of heavy metal. And probably is into art, right? right? You know, some kind of aspect at least. And he's over here telling me these things that are very vague in general. Right. And then he's like, yeah, you you would be really good. And if you try you'd in practice, you could be really good at either the guitar or drums. And I was just like, okay, I mean, that's just what you say to a, a kid that, you know, because I was like, I was in high school. I was probably like, well, that's something I can't stand too. Like 14, you know, I was like, you know, so, so I was just like, what is this bull crap? This right. guy's just shouting at me or not shouting, but you know, forcing at me, I should say is a better way um, to like that, like all these things that are very vague about my, myself. It's like, yeah, of course, like anyone who walked in the street could say these things about me. And it's like, like I didn't find it helpful at all. I just I just walked away mad. Like you just assuming things about me. It's like of the way you look. It's like yeah. It's like being profiled by the police, which has happened to me before too. Right. Like I've been pulled over while walking because I have long hair, pretty much, yeah. and yeah. I look like a menace when I'm just yeah. walking down the street at 3 a.m. because I can't sleep. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, what's hilarious? It's just Zach. <laughs> what's hilarious was that it was he. I was walking. And he's like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, you can pull me over when I'm walking? Like, how does yeah, that, how does that I work? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I guess you could pull someone aside. You should have became a mime and then pretended to step out of a vehicle. <laughs> that would have been great. What was funny, though, is... That or to roll, roll down an invisible window. How can I help you, officer? <laughs> do, you, do you have any gray poupon? Do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> yeah, so it's just... It's, just, it's oh, annoying when someone presumes about you and then... And especially when you tell it's a, it's a lie or if you just don't believe them. Yeah. It's like, and I'm not saying this guy didn't believe what he was saying, right? Like some of these people do believe that they are talking to some spiritual essence and they need help. But <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to put it is that it's, I don't know. I guess I look I, at it that way. Some kind of mental, it's not, it's a mental disorder for some and for others. It's just uh, a it's manipulation. A, it's yeah. A it's a hustle. It's yeah. just a hustle. And, um, you know, I guess find fun with it, but don't ruin lives or take money for it. Yeah, but especially hey, man, like... It's, we're Humans are greedy. It doesn't matter. Like a psychic detective. I hate that. Just listening to them. It's like, it's like I see, I see something blue. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of blue things. Thanks. <laughs> coat. I'm like, oh, okay. So a blue coat, which was in the photo that we showed you earlier. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel now like this whole this whole hour we're just gonna shit on on the paranormal and the metaphysical. I guess it's hard not to if you don't believe it. But I, I feel like I would love to hear. Maybe in some way I want an argument that that has evidence that, that I do. says there's more for us. And it, I mean, I just like the idea that there's more for us to learn. But I don't like. I guess what I bristle at is the idea that we can just make up what we think the answer is, and then that's good enough. Like that's silly. Oh, that's, that's, just silly. that's what theoretical physics is, right? It's well, that's why I don't agree. Up. I hey, I I do my best to understand quantum, you know, physics and 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 astronomy, like you know, yeah. And it just, 
I think what's the point? Even mathemat if you can prove something mathematically, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true either. So yeah, I watched I think too much evidence is pulled from math to prove things or attempt to pr- explain things. And I really think that's not a good that's not a good idea from someone a layman like me. I don't think that's a healthy way to to really understand the un- the complexity of the universe. I think we need to come back a little bit and under- and work more with the evidence we do have and, and collect more evidence and don't get lost in theory. Don't yeah. get lost in the imagination. I mean, it's really easy to get lost in theory and like mathematical proofs because I watched a guy on TikTok yeah. like make one in- one plus one equal like one because he was like turned it into ab then some did some like whatever quadratic formula bullcrap and well, i was like, like yeah it was ridiculous i was like how did you get one <laughs> well the concept of numbers in our head is it's something that can be changed but that we take completely for granted i mean carl sagan spoke about that the concept of the number zero yeah you know we we create we generate we simulate that concept so that we have a starting point mm-hmm. even to just to think about numbers. well what is zero but nothing and how do you have nothing? Well, that's just it. Zero is not nothing. See? How is it? <laughs> zero is a ghost have, is what you you're saying. You can't have right? nothing. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Because with nothing, if zero is nothing, no evidence how do you have nothing? nothing? Yeah. Right. So so zero isn't nothing. And that's that's my point. Like that, That's a mind-blowing thought. And I even I struggle to grasp it. And I can just imagine... You know, so, you know, maybe someone less smarter than me. Do they even bother? I don't think they do. But again, it doesn't. It doesn't come across in any way as evidence for something metaphysical, at least not to me. You know, in the past, like watching like a TV or a movie or something like that. Whenever, right. uh, whenever ghosts would be like the main subject matter. It always like made me paranoid, or like you know, I did like after the movie or after the TV show, I'd like see things in the corner of my eye, or like you know, like as if like there was something always. Were you like, ever afraid of the dark, or did it make you anxious? And as a kid, yeah, yeah as a kid, yeah. yeah. But I actually now I really like the dark. The sure. dark is like it's it's peaceful. It's like a blanket. You yeah. know, if I can't see I it, agree. if I can't see it, it can't see me. That's how I see it. You know, <laughs> we're we're on an even. Yeah, plane, we're on an even field. plane, so if I bump into it, it's bumping into me, and I'm probably pretty scary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but after looking at this every day, and the first day, you know, it was like, it was I was seeing things, you know? I was like in the corner of my eye, and I was feeling things behind me, and I'm like, God, oh, there's got this paranoia feeling, like, and it was, it was frustrating. But by okay. the end of the week, after looking at this stuff, I was like, it just became nothing i stopped noticing it. i became desensitized to my own paranoia my own anxious anxiety did it become more scientific to you in that sense or no you... see it wasn't even the science part it was just that it became it's like it's like adrenaline if you do if you're about to jump out of a plane with a parachute you you the first like few times you're you're it's gonna be like real in general inducing but after you're like your 700,000 jump you know it becomes you still get the kind of like that adrenaline so you became but, familiar but it, with but it becomes concepts. yeah familiar okay. so it becomes it becomes less present you know it stops it stopped being a new feeling it's just, it started just being up there okay so i'm here i'm around I feel it like again you whatever that's a that's an interesting way to put it. i feel like you can apply that to a lot of things when you become familiar with something the the threat it first posed to you the confusion it caused you once that goes away you become comfortable i don't know if complacent is the right word probably not but, but comfortable yeah so doing the research for this i uh was trying to find arguments on how ghosts could be proven correct like as real and by science that they exist you that mean? they exist yeah okay um and I, I couldn't find anything every time i looked I looked on Bing, I looked on Google, I looked on YouTube. Every time I was searching for it, I would type in, like, uh, ghosts are proven real by scientists, or science proves ghosts are real, something like that. And everything, every post, every article was about talking about how things disprove ghosts by science. I'm like, that is not what I'm looking for. I want, you know, some some weird dude just talking about his his beliefs on ghosts like that'd be cool like well, you can definitely find documentaries on that yeah but i don't want like necessarily like um ghost stories right i want like this is how they're real and this is why oh no that's what i mean they're they're 
there was a documentary that I, I didn't finish, but I started watching it. I think I turned it off because it was just repeating itself. But it was a, an interview after interview edited a documentary of people that claim to be paranormal investigators, paranormal scientists, and that they have evidence that ghosts are real, etc., etc. Wow. I couldn't find it. But okay. what I did find was an effect that makes you think ghosts are real, which is called infrasound. Which is like infrared, like light, but right. for sound. It's it's sound waves that are below the human uh, hearing, which is twenty hertz. So like they, that's the average they're around person. us, but we don't hear them. No, so we don't detect them. Right, that's not that's not it. It, it, it disproves ghosts. So it's saying that I mean the sound. Not right. The ghost. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The sound waves interact with our bodies because uh-huh. they're still there and they're they, they're still a thing. Right. But we can't hear it. We, we don't can't interpret them it normally. We, yeah. So what they can do, though, is that your eyeball resonates at the frequency of 18 hertz. Okay. So if you get something that's that low with a sine wave, your eyeball will start to vibrate. And it oh, can be subtle. Of rhythm? Or no, it would be in with rhythm. With, it oh, would be right, in yeah. frequency. It's on in that harmonics frequency. Right, correct. Yeah. With your eye. My bad. And then your eye will start to vibrate, and you can actually see things. Like in the corner of your eye, you can see like, uh, like blobs or where you can interpret it as a ghost. So mm. I thought that was really cool. And it can also affect your mood and your sense of like what's around you. So it can like make well, you sounds feel dangerous. <laughs> Doesn't it though? <laughs> it sounds really fun. <sighs> so it can make you feel like something's right in front of you and you can't see anything or, or really feel it. Right. It just feels as if like there's something in your space and there's, you just can't see it. And it can promote. Uh, feelings of awe or like fear or anxiety and things so there could like that. be a sound gun that makes me feel anxious or stressed out yeah so we can actually replicate these sounds by uh there's sonic booms can do it hmm. um what is it uh nuclear explosions uh chemical explosions um, even yeah, but weather those phenomena, are all pretty cataclysmic events what about right but day, i mean you life? can they also have machines that like uh uh, an air conductor or an air air conditioner machine kind of thing was mm. was actually was doing this in a laboratory and it was a supposedly haunted lab right and the scientists started feeling things and seeing things in the corner of his eyes and he's like this this isn't real like there's something happening mm. and he found out it was an air conditioner that was like in like the, one of the ducts or whatever and it was like vibrating and it happened to really match interesting the sine wave happened to match the size of the room and the and it was bouncing back at him in front of the and, and resonating with his eye and it was, everything was just perfectly aligned for this to happen for him. It was really cool, interesting to see. I was like, I really want to experience this, but they say your ears can bleed and things like this too, and that's going to be damaged to your cells. Well, so it doesn't like, explain everything, well, so, right? No, it, it doesn't it's explain just an idea of, of what could be. But that's causing, a, that that is no. an explanation because it does happen, right? So it is a machinery thing that causes, right. Let's say hallucinations, and or, you can you can get like a microphone that can pick up these yeah. these sound waves. They're really you know expensive and not readily available, but you can create them. It sounds like a wonderful way to troll someone to just <laughs> prank them. Just go around with your 18 hertz eyeball machine. (laughs) I really just want to experience it. I think that'd be really cool to feel like these sound waves because that's my favorite thing. Well, maybe you already have. If you've had a ghost experience, maybe that's what it was. You know, they're in nature. You can actually feel these things. So Mm -hmm. um, even like uh, lightning storms can do this and uh, uh, certain kinds of like ocean waves and things like that. And then there's a lot of animals like a lion's roar has a, has I think it's like 17 like hertz or something like that and it's it's pretty low so like you can't hear that frequency but it's also going in, in along with the his actual what roar. you are detecting but you can feel it if so we had I, better I th- ears or what some sounds must sound like to other animals that have worse or better ears than yeah because like um rhinos communicate that way through vast distances and so do whales mm-hmm. um we also use sonar and that's why, you know, whales get disrupted by sonar because the frequencies kind of match and they get confused and, and then they, they don't know what's, what's happening. Each other. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, what was, poor whales. Yeah. So I think that it's like an evolutionary thing for us to subconsciously or have these feelings besides just the resonance in our eyes, but they actually have these fear feelings because yeah, a lion has that roar 
and lions are dangerous and therefore the sound is dangerous and you just kind of correlate these things so you get these feelings of fear even though it's like a a primal thing because they've they've bred fear into animals before you can breed fear in the in the in the humans too yeah i mean right but i just mean in the lab and sorry too deep too real (laughs) too soon well okay i got a i've got a very personal question to ask you what's that if you if you could meet your father again, would you want to? And what would you say to him? Would you ask questions or would you just want to listen to what he had to, to, to tell you? So I wouldn't want to bring him to this world because that's not something I would know that he would not want. Right. He would be very against me doing that. Mm-hmm. So I would never do that. But if I could go to like a heaven type kind of place and see him again, then absolutely. That's something that made me believe in God before was or continued to believe in God before and now I don't know but mm-hmm. before after he had passed I was still very much Christian as a child mm-hmm. and I was like well because I'll see my father again if I'm a, if I'm a good Christian and all that and then to ask, answer your second question is I would ask if he was well, I would I would want to know if he was proud of my the life I led and if he was happy with my decisions and proud of you yeah and it was like if I you know, lived up his to his memory, and I and I did right by him. I would want to know that, and I would want to listen to what he had to say about his his experiences. And so stuff you'd rather too. visit than be visited, right? Interesting. Yeah, if I could go to him, that would be fine. I'd do that, and then come back. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but not the other way around. No, nah, because that would that would be dishonoring him and his his beliefs that he had. It was the same thing, like when he when he didn't want to be cremated. As, a, as a, when he was living, he's like, I don't. That's not part of my beliefs. I because I'm going to need my body. A judgment I didn't like day. the idea. Yeah. yeah. So he we we buried him. It was more expensive that way, but we did a lot of things. That are there? Do you have anything you feel was left unsaid that you repeat to yourself in your mind? That do I feel that he had anything no, left you. unsaid? Do I feel I have anything left unsaid to him? Yeah. You know, there's just things I wish I could tell him or share with him about my life now. Because as a kid, I didn't have anything else to say besides, you know, just learning from him. 